Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? Well, if so, I don't really care. Because I don't think they're working with us anymore. They're not very good at responding to emails, and they don't really want to fuck with you unless you get 20,000 downloads per episode. So this is the last annoying ad you're probably ever going to hear from me talking about Himalaya. They will be sorely missed. By the way, for any uh, industry upstarts in the podcast world, this is the exact opposite way of how you deal with something like this, but just shows our level of professionalism. Now, let's hear that sexy intro theme. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number... Oh, let me do that again, because I don't... What's up? Okay, no, no, I, I was right, I was right. Let's try that again. I got forgot the uh, thing that I've said almost 200 times now. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 194 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Friday, July 31st, uh, the podcast where my uh, teenage pain and suffering is becoming more popular than the actual podcast itself. My name is Josh Cannon. I'm here with my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've had a good amount of days off this week uh, from work. Uh, but uh, So I've just been hanging out at, around the house and catching up on a few things. And I actually went to the mall yesterday, uh, got some new uh, clothes and a couple new hats and stuff like that. Did you have to wear a face mask? Yes, I did. Did did you go to a store uh, like Hot Topic and they had it roped off and they're like, oh, only four people at a time? It's like if you, no, there was this there was this gal though who was who was standing in front of the entrance to Hot Topic and was like, I guess counting people who came in and out and and there are limits to how many people can be in in the store at once. Like for instance, at Spencer's, it's like twenty people, uh, which you know. Still a good that's, number of people. That seems that seems like max capacity for that. Yeah, store, yeah. That even, place is fucking. Even even when it's not COVID, that seems like max capacity for that. Yeah, because that that store is just the way that everything is laid out. It, it, there's not a lot of space. Period. You gotta wonder if that was it, 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 like Hot Topics the same way. Is like is that a a purposeful design choice to like have these stores as crammed to the gills as possible with shit to where. <laughs> You you feel like you're walking through the catacombs of Egypt or something. It's like these yeah. little tunnels of, and there's uh-huh. just merch on either side of you. And it's like, God damn, man. Like, could they make the store any more claustrophobic? Yeah, it, it's it's and it's hard. It's hard to have any sort of distancing, you know, in stores like that because the, the space is so limited. I also went to FYE, but FYE has more space but even then like if you're in a particular area and someone's just taking up the entire uh, section looking through whatever then you you know you're kind of stuck you gotta wait till they're done and then go back in so i went to fye um, one time with my female friend and um she was just a friend nothing more and yeah. she went to the back of the store and she ripped the loudest fart i've ever heard anybody rip oh, oh my god <laughs> and she just could not stop laughing and i was like laughing out of disgust like you are this disgusting person (laughs) and she just thought it was so funny i'm like you're a fucking animal (laughs) that's the last memory i have of being an fye (laughs) so the f for fye stood for fart yeah just it it stands for fart and that is just ripping beef just (laughs) 
all in the back of the store. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I, that just shows you how that just shows you how close we are is that uh you know she can do that and find it hilarious around me and i'm just like oh that's that's nice like (laughs) that's just that's just great you'd expect that kind of behavior from a guy but you know the 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 female angle is what makes it funny to me dude going to an fye is going to like a fucking media museum nowadays yeah yeah you got cds and DVDs and Blu-rays and you know stuff like that. Yeah, records too. Yeah, you know I I remember it's crazy because the Fye in the Orange Park Mall, which is the main mall that I grew up going to and still go to from time to time. Every time I go in there, like everything is exactly the same from when I was a teenager. So like 15 years ago, everything still looks pretty much the same, give and take the placement of certain shops yeah and going into fye it's it's this like surreal like moment for me because they have like dialed back the racks of cds but they're still there and like uh-huh. everything's still there how i remember it and it's just going into this like museum or this time warp and like you know my mentality has been changed so much because of like how media has changed with Spotify and I've pretty much at this point resigned myself to buying so, like media anymore. I don't buy, I haven't bought a, well, a I mean, a, for instance, I bought, I bought, you know, when I buy CDs, I buy them used and I get them like at uh, goodwill. Like for instance, I bought some score CDs for uh, Batman and Batman returns and the twister soundtrack. So I get some stuff like that every now and then, and I might get some albums from bands that I like, but uh, I don't really pay like nine ninety nine for a CD in a store. I like, I, I'll like... pay, I'll pay nine ninety nine for a digital, you know, album. I just did that recently for the for the new album uh, by a, a band called The Midnight, which I really like. So I I paid a uh, uh, nine ninety nine for their recent album. I almost hate like having cds like a new cd now because it's like what the fuck am i gonna do with this it's just lit- unless it's your own cd right yeah unless it's my own cd <laughs> it literally is just gonna sit in my like spare bedroom in my house and collect dust that's all it's gonna do because it's so convenient to stream music from my phone to my bluetooth speaker yeah. or just play it in the speakers in my room with my bigger sound system it depends on you know what you know what how you want things to be like uh in some instances cds actually do have better sound quality if you're using the right arguably yes they do but it's one of those things to where it's like yeah like it's like what you said if you're an audiophile if you have the right sound system for you yeah but if if you're not eh. yeah i mean i am not much of an audiophile like i can basically spotify quality songs like the level of songs on spotify is good enough for me like to me that sounds good like i you know i know i like flack i like i like getting like flack uh 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 files the lossless lossless audio yeah 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 i know i mean you know i don't know like i like flack period i i love getting flack from people i think that's kind of a funny my favorite thing (laughs) Kind of a funny, like, abbreviation for that or whatever, but, um... (laughs) But, yeah, um, I am doing all right. I just... I'm not hungover today, by the way, for anyone keeping score of my alcoholism. Uh, did not drink last night. I am not hungover today. I feel fresh as a fucking daisy. 
Um, gonna do, gonna read to you guys more from the uh, perks of being a Josh Flower diary later on in the podcast. <laughs> so make sure you hang around for that. Um, I'm doing pretty good. We just, we just dropped a new song. My band, Dancing with Ghosts. We just dropped a new song today, July 31st. By the time you hear this, the song will have been out for a little bit. It's called Locked In. Uh, and it is not a quarantine-based song, believe it or not. It's uh, fuck. It's a song about um, uh, pretty much dealing with mental illness, which is what a lot of our songs oh. are about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the term "locked in" uh, initially refers to uh, someone who has ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, where your muscles slowly atrophy to the point to where you can't move anything in your body except blink that's all you can do and at that point they say that you're locked in so physically you're locked in but i feel like mentally we can get that same kind of condition sometimes to where all we can do is get tunnel vision and focus on this one obsession or this one problem or this one thing that's bugging us and and we ourselves become locked in at that point mentally and that's kind of what the song's about so we dropped that we did i did a lyric video for that and um, now I'm recording the podcast, and after the podcast, I plan on getting drunk, so I'll be hungover tomorrow. So you see, <laughs> it's a circle of life. Uh, the circle of uh, drunkenness. The circle of AA. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I dropped my poker chip. I'm no longer sober. The circle of AA. I wasn't really trying to sing just then, guys, so don't judge me on that, okay? God damn it. Um, anyway, do we have anything else to talk about at the top of the hour here? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Fucking, yeah. Uh, for the first time in, like, two years, maybe longer, uh, we are going to have new podcast shirts. And these ones are actually going to be comfortable. Um... Yeah, I posted the design on our fan group. If you'd like to join it, it is uh, go to Facebook and type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar and go to groups and you will see our group. And uh, if, if you join the group, you'll be able to see the design. Although I should probably get, uh, I should probably post it on our Instagram and our Twitter as well. I'll get Helen to maybe do that because our. Uh, Helen uh, runs our Instagram and Twitter, and she's super awesome for doing that, and and I love her for it. So thank you, Helen. Um, but yeah, uh, new new shirt, Mike. You've seen it. What do you think? I like it. I think I think it's a fun design. It's uh, definitely uh, not as uh, serious or you know as some of the other you know official T-shirts, but I like that about it because yeah. our podcast isn't really that serious. No, so. not at all. The first shirt we ever released was like this great logo that Thomas list, uh, yeah, one of really good Thomas Hatfield did, and it was a great logo, and it made a great shirt. I mean, the shirts looked good, um, but unfortunately, I I, I kind of got them printed on a uh, kind of a lesser quality shirt that than what I would have really liked. I mean, people still wear them, people still like them, but uh, I I wanted that really baby soft kind of material that like those premium t-shirts have so that's Ooh, what nice yeah so that's what this is going to be uh printed on and so yeah it's it's me and mike as cartoon caricatures and mike's toe is sticking out of his shoe and i have a possum on my shoulder uh waving because um <laughs> you know that's those... instead of a bluebird bluebird bleh, bluebird on your shoulder you have a, a possum yes those are the two longest ongoing inside jokes 
on this podcast is my me and my fucking possum roommate and Mike's ingrown toe that he felt the need to expound upon way more than was probably necessary, and therefore it became <laughs> funny. And that's why it is still talked about to this day from the old uh. school listeners. And the shirt's going to be printed on a like a baby blue kind of, or not, no, it's more of a tur- turquoise blue. So it's really pretty, like, nice color. It's not, I'm so tired of black shirts. I have, like, a million black shirts, but I'm so over wearing black t-shirts all the time. So I wanted to get a different colored shirt that looked cool. And so, yeah, those are not out yet, but uh, they I put the order in today. And uh, definitely let everyone know when those are available. Uh, it's going to be a limited run, only only printing 50 of them. Um, if they sell the fuck out, then I'll order 50 more. But if not, if, if it's just kind of a, a slow kind of, they just slowly sell out, you know, over a span of months and months, then this is going to be the only run. So there you go on that one. So, uh, all right, so let's just get into these cases then. So we'll have plenty of room for, um, you know, some Richard Chase, some Josh Flower, some all the other crap that we talk about that people seem to like um you're very confident <laughs> well you gotta be man you, you gotta you gotta fake it till you make it in the confidence department even if you don't well i was being sarcastic but okay <laughs> well thanks mike really needed that compliment to get me through the day and then you just took it away who's the real monster here <laughs> we both are let's be honest yeah true we're both like not that not not very good people. I'm I'm like debatably way less decent than Mike, but Mike also has his moments of not being a great. Person. Everybody does. Well, way way to be inclusive there, Mike. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, for... it's true. Everybody's a little bit uh, strange, a little bit weird, or or a little bit monstrous. That's just how it is. Oh shit, a little bit monstrous. Okay. Hopefully not like a little bit homicidal. I mean, hope- not not homicidal. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about like little tiny, you know, cookie monster kind like, of stuff. Like like walking up to you an, know. walking up to an old lady and pinching the back of her arm like that real sensitive meat on the back of someone's arm just pinching that just just to just to see what they do. Like monstrous like that. No, I think that's a little bit too far into the sociopath. Was that uh, was that uh, too specific of an example for everyone's comfort cuz I feel like I'm getting judged right now. I've done that a few times, okay? I, I just I just like to see what they do. Just a little pinch. All right, this is weird. All right, let's go into I don't the- think that's going over very well. No, I don't give a shit. I'm leaving it in. It might and it might not go over well with you, Mike, but someone out there might be laughing their ass off at the yeah, thought of me right. pinching yeah. the backs it, of it, old it ladies. It is kind of funny. We know we know that you don't do that, but like just imagining. Mike, you don't know what that scenario. you don't know what the fuck I do and do not do. I'm pretty sure. When I when I I'm I live alone. I have no there is no corroborating evidence to anything I do in this house when the doors are closed. So so just, you know, just know that as you sleep at night. All right, so this case that we're covering uh is from the new unsolved mysteries on Netflix that Mike uh you know has pretty much not kept it secret that he's not a fan of the show because uh I, I was like you know you you were talking about before we started recording i was like this is this the first time you've seen this episode like you know before doing this this podcast and he's like yeah so it's like i think this was like the third or fourth 
episode on Unsolved Mysteries, the new one. I still haven't seen all the episodes of the new Unsolved Mysteries. It just really isn't doing anything for you, is it? Well, I mean, it's not like it's not doing anything for me. It's just, uh, like I said, I've been busy with some other things uh, lately. And I I also do have to be honest, it doesn't have the same magic. I mean, so I, I just, I honestly have been going back to. I've watched more segments and more episodes from season 11 of the stack uh, unsolved mysteries uh, recently than I've watched uh, the new one. Yeah. You know, it's just, I kind of have, it's kind of like comfort food. Right. You know, so that's the kind of, this is, this is kind of like uh, some kind of foreign delicacy or whatever that I, I'm not used to. So it, it's not like it's bad. It's just not something that I, I like nearly as much. And I'm not going to go back to this. Like I'm not, I, don't, I don't see myself watching these particular episodes over and over again, like I've done with uh, segments from the Robert Stack series. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this show, like ten years from now, like these new Netflix unsolved mysteries. I don't know if ten years from now people are going to look back at this and go, "Oh, so much nostalgia." You know, I, I. I don't know. I just this show doesn't. The the new ones don't have enough personality that sets it apart for people to look at it and be like oh this is like totally different than anything else on tv like the original but i'm not gonna go on about how oh it's not the original that's i feel like that's a dead horse anyway this is the story of uh, alonzo brooks titled no ride home um and again these uh you know these segments or these these episodes i should say because they're not segments these episodes on Netflix are like an hour long, yet you go to the basically the summary and, you know, what are normally pretty lengthy summaries on unsolved.com. For whatever reason, these new episodes, they're just like, let's keep this shit short and sweet, son. TMI. It might be. No, I mean, not TMI. Uh, TLDR. Yeah. Too long, didn't read. That's really what, what, uh, uh, but some people might look at it. Oh, that's too much information. Like, I don't, you know, why would I need to watch this episode if you're going to give me all the information? Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you, you're right. And uh, I've heard other people say that the, they, they kind of stretch these episodes out a little bit longer than probably what's necessary. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing with this. Uh, I, I will say there's the definite positive with these new episodes is really making these people uh come to life it you know for the viewer uh in a way that the original series i don't think was able to do nearly as well because they didn't have as much time to go that in depth and that deep on their backstory and you know all these different you know things uh, that made them who they are so uh they would have little snippets here and there that would be enough for them to be uh, at least uh, I definitely feel like they're people. Uh, and, and you'd have those moments where you'd have the interviews of the parents or the family members who were like distraught emotionally that would really have build that connection with the case. But it feels like with these newer episodes, that connection can be built uh, in a way that's even stronger than what the series, you know, the original series was really capable of. But that's because of the format. It just wasn't, they couldn't afford to have, you know, an, you know, 20, 25 minutes devoted, you know, to, you know, one one particular 
person unless they're doing like final appeal but even with final appeal cases a lot of it's just the, the bulk of the case itself it's not necessarily who these people are you know God, I loved, what their upbringing was i loved the final appeal kind of cases you're just reminding me of just how good the original show was. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, it's it's now unavoidable. I'm like, I'm, yeah, it is unavoidable. I'm just, now I'm thinking about the final appeal cases. I'm like, oh, God, the final appeals, those were those were so good. And I'm like, oh, the fraud cases, those are so good. Oh, the UFO cases, those are so good. <laughs> and the reenactments, there's like not, they, I guess there technically are reenactments in this new show, but they have none of the charm. None of the 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 uh, sense of fun or uniqueness, you know. Everyone's shot, you know, from the neck down. You don't see anybody's face unless it's like already like blurred up and they're you know shot from a few feet away. Yeah, someone uh, in our uh, group was saying uh, he was pointing out like, oh, why why are all the reenactments in the new unsolved mystery shot from like the waist down? And my joking response, but, you know, I feel it's kind of serious at the same time. It's 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 harder uh, to screw up the acting when you're only shooting actors from the waist down, you know, like. Well, they also don't have any dialogue. Yeah. For the most part, either. Yeah. So. True. It's a little bizarre, though, that that's kind of how they play out the reenactments in the new show. It's, yeah. And, and that's how it is in a lot of uh, modern true crime shows. It's that same sort of thing where, you know, it's, you know, even Forensic Files did that a lot. I wonder if. But they did. Forensic Files at least did something with the camera work or the made the picture a different color or, or messed around with things in a way that you're like, OK, that's there's something cinematic about it. But the, and the, these just seem like they're stock standard you know, every episode of this new series seems to have the same sort of uh, style for the reenactments. I wonder if John Cosgrove and Terry Moyer are uh, a little, like, self-conscious about the reenactments because so much people gave them shit about the reenactments for the classic Unsolved Mysteries with Stack. Yeah, so do you think they're just like, fine! No reenactments then. Yeah, you get nothing. Now they're like the kids. <laughs> now they're like the kids in the true crime pool that are afraid to take their shirts off because they've been made fun of so much in the past. <laughs> they're like, yo, oh, we're just gonna shoot it from the waist down, man. We don't want to. We don't want to take our shirts off in the pool. We're insecure. All the other that kids is, made fun of us. That is so fucking good. <laughs> I mean, I, I that was I dude. I like the, that sh those shows like <laughs> those like nostalgia shows on VH1. Like I love the '80s and I love the '90s and all. Unsol I know you pointed that out. Yeah, yeah. Unsolved mysteries would get the... would get brought up on the show on those shows, and you'd have all these like actors and comedians, you know, all these talking heads on these shows, and they'd be like, "Ugh, the acting was so bad on that show," and blah blah blah, and they're all taking the piss out of the acting on the show. You and know what's ironic? Is most of the actors that are interviewed for the for that series, they're not good actors no, either. No, they're like <laughs> B, C, and B list celebrities. You know, like a lot of uh, and some people who are now who are big now were on the show when they weren't. Like Bill Burr was was on there at one point mm. commentating, and that was like pretty early in his career. So yeah. like now he's gotten a lot bigger, but then other people have gotten a lot smaller. And it's like, oh, we're like Michael Ian Black was a favorite. Yeah, I was gonna bring him up too. Like who you know, or uh, Hal Sparks. Yeah, yeah, Hal. Yeah, that's another guy. I was gonna bring him up actually as well. You had that Mo Rocca guy. Like, yeah, what the fuck are they doing now? 
wasn't House Sparks on that uh queer not queer was it queer as folk? I don't know. Maybe maybe the U.S. version. I think he was one of the gay guys. Anyway, not, let's, I guess let's actually get to Alonzo Brooks. Not that there's anything wrong with that, everyone. Calm down. I know I said gay guys out there, and it kind of floated around for a little bit, like it was kind of weird, but I wasn't. that was not an indictment. That was just me, like, saying. Anyway, I mean, it seems like I'm getting pretty defensive about it, so maybe I do have some kind of hidden uh, homophobia. No, I'm just joking. Um, Wow. I got, we are in rare, awkward form uh, here. See, isn't it better when I'm hungover? Like, aren't I a little bit more dialed down when I'm hungover? Like, this is why I need to be hungover for the podcast. Um, okay, so anyway, let's get to the fucking case here. Um, why was the body of a young man missing for a month found in the same area that was searched extensively by law enforcement? Stick around and you're going to find out. Little shit. Alonzo Brooks didn't have a single enemy. In fact, he seemed like he seemed to be everyone's best friend. He was a homebody who preferred being with his family, listening to music, and watching sports with his buddies. Friends were always welcomed into Brooks' suburban home in Kansas. His mom, Maria, described her family as a united nations of colors and ethnicities. And, uh, you know, they're showing all of Alonzo's friends at the beginning of the segment. Of course, they're not going to really mention any of this in the uh article here because i guess it's not super relevant information but uh all his friends are basically good old boy white guys uh i think he had like one friend who was a black guy but it seemed like the most of the kids he hung out well, with so, were... yeah i mean well those are the only friends that were you know interviewed or maybe like this is like his close uh group i mean he also has his brothers you know his family and, and stuff like that yeah um, but the people he ran with we're mostly yeah. like good old boys in Kansas. So whatever. Make make uh-huh. make of that what you will. On the evening of April third, two thousand and four, Alonzo and half a dozen of his buddies jump in their cars and head to a keg party at a farmhouse in the small rural town of Lacine, Kansas, about forty five miles away. And it was like an hour drive. Yeah, they said in the segment it was an hour drive. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, never would I ever go to a fucking party yeah. that is an hour away? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That is not a good enough. That is never a good reason. It, I mean, unless it's like, unless you like live somewhere in Los Angeles and you're like an hour away from the Playboy Mansion, then, then okay. Yeah. I mean, if I it's, guess. if it's you like know? some, you know, but if it's some piece of shit podunk, you it's know, a fucking farmhouse yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere. First off, I don't want to be in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Right. What the fuck, you know, if something happens, uh, you know, I'm shit out of luck. Like, how the fuck am I going to, you know, get out of that situation if, you know, if I'm in the middle of a fucking farmhouse in Lacine, Kansas? That's the first time I've even heard of Lacine, Kansas. And they think they're fancy, too, because it's spelled with a C-Y. Yeah, it's... C-Y-N-G-N-E. It's L A space C Y G N E. So they're all French Frenchy over here, thinking thinking they're fancier than they are. Um, it sounds like a place in Los Angeles or Beverly. You know, some kind of like yeah. There's a lot of places in California know, that have very Spanish names for their uh, for their cities. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that uh, old Kansas over here. Uh, Kansas is like one of the most uh, just flyover of flyover states that i can think of Have you been to kansas i've not been to kansas but i know people who have grown up there and it's just like flat 
fields of just, you know... Grain? <laughs> grain and, you know... And there's a word for it that I'm trying... Uh, agriculture is big there yeah. and all that. The, the fucking amazing prog rock band Kansas obviously originated from Kansas. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I know about uh, Kansas. I sure as shit didn't know it was full of a bunch of redneck racists, but apparently... Uh, Lacine, anyway, is uh, has a lot of that going on, as we'll as we will soon see. But that, another thing, though, is like I love how they don't even like really mention the fact that you know there's obviously a lot of drinking going on there, underage yeah. drinking and all that. And then these guys are like, "Oh yeah, it's an hour away." And then we left the party, and it's like, "Oh, that's cool, yeah, no big deal, just drinking and driving an hour away from where you live. That's eh, fine." I yeah, guess. it seems like everyone was like, "What ranging from like age sixteen to twenty one or something?" Yeah, that, so I think that's what they said. So basically, if I had like stepped in there, they'd be like, "Oh shit, the cops!" No, no, I'm just <laughs> older. You little shits. Now, who in here is eighteen and up and female? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> ah, why'd you have to go there, Josh? Yeah. Why? Oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, Alonzo did not have a license, so he rode with his friend Justin. What they think will be a small gathering, again, why are you driving an hour for a small gathering, uh, quickly grows into a party of at least 100 people from nearby towns. Now, the people who were interviewed said that it was 40 or 50 at most, so I don't know where the website's getting this info from. Um, but anyway, they don't... Maybe it seemed like a hundred people, because well. it's a small-ass fucking podunk farmhouse that, you know, 40, 50 people, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, but they, the the gang that rode with Alonzo did not know any of these people. Um, Alonzo is one of the, a only a couple of black men there. That detail will become important later on, I guess. I thought they said it, he was the only black man I know. There. That's what I thought, too. Maybe they vetted their their info a little more. Because yeah. the people who were interviewed were the ones who were giving these tidbits. But maybe mm-hmm. the, you know, fact checkers at Unsolved or whatever, like, actually went and, you know, confirmed... Like, oh, they're actually. Was. I don't know. I, I would be. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, remembered it wrong, knowing how, you know, a lot of these synopsises have been going for these new uh, episodes. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> so we've painted a very vague picture of conflicting facts for you so far, people. I hope you can uh, solve the mystery at the end of this. <laughs> uh, so Alonzo and his friends go to the party in Lacine. Uh, Alonzo's. <laughs> What? I mean, they're they're already going to the party. I know that that sentence <laughs> that sentence was redundant. This is kind of some inside shit here, guys, because like me and Mike are looking at the same article, and it's just it's just not written that well. First of all, like the facts differ from what they say on the show, and literally they have this paragraph. There's a paragraph break, and then this lone sentence that just says Alonzo and his friends go to a party in Lacine, Kansas, and they had just spent the last two paragraphs establishing that that's what they did and that's what they are doing, and then they just felt the need to add in that sentence there, and now they're starting onto a new paragraph. So, uh, so far, they're doing a great job. Uh, Alonzo's friends say he was having a great time that night. Uh, as it grew- Yeah, they were even saying that like he was having a, a better time than usual, like he was more outgoing. They were really and- hammering home yeah. how good of a goddamn time he was having, because every, yes. every friend that was there, there was like three different friends that they're interviewing for this episode 
and they're all just I don't know if they're nervous to be on camera or what, but they're like, oh, he was having a really good time. He was having the time of his life. I would say he was having the best time he had ever had. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, my God, dude. Like, okay, cool. He's having a good time. Like, shit. Like, what, were you guys like fucking pigs or something? And you don't like want to go out and say it? Like, and you're, but you're trying to allude to it. Is that how you guys get down in Kansas? Oh, let me tell you, man. When you live out in Kansas, pig fucking's a really good time. And I'm not saying he was fucking pigs, but he was having a really good time in that small farmhouse. Anyway, nothing, Mike? All right, that's cool. Um, yeah, because that, that one's just out there. No, well, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Because this podcast is rated PG, so how dare I say something like that? No, no, I'm just saying it's just... It's pig just, fucking just is funny, little... Mike, okay? I'm telling you it's funny. <laughs> pig fu- fucking is always funny. It reads well with the room. It's always a funny thing. And I'm quite frankly disappointed in you for not laughing. We'll try it again later on. Um, so Alonzo was having a good time at the fucking party, okay? You guys get that so far? He was talking to a bunch of white girls, and apparently he was pissed off a bunch of rednecks by doing so. As it grows late, Alonzo's friends begin to leave, and each thought someone else would be giving Alonzo a ride home. The dude he rode with, Justin, uh, ran out of smokes and was going to get some more, and Alonzo's like, oh, well, pick me up a pack as well. Justin gets lost, calls his friends at the party and says, hey, you guys need to give Alonzo a ride home. That somehow doesn't happen. Miscommunication, whatever you want to call it. The next morning, when one of the friends calls his house, Alonzo's house, uh, Alonzo's mother tells them that Alonzo never returned from the party, which was extremely out of character for a guy who never slept anywhere but in his own bed, which is something I can totally relate to because that was always me. Any time, any party I ever went to, no matter what, I always wanted to sleep in my own bed. Now, sometimes I, I would literally pass the fuck out at someone else's house because I just, was just that drunk. But um, yeah, whenever I could. I mean, that's why, how I ended up getting my DUI when I was 22. I, I was in uh-huh. Gainesville, which is about an hour away from Jacksonville. And um, so you drove an hour away. Right. I did. I did exactly what I'm, I'm <laughs> criticizing these kids for. And and you know why is because I got zapped by the cops. So I know the, uh, the dangers yeah. of that now. But I was like, I was willing to drive an hour home at like four o'clock in the morning just so I could sleep in my own bed. That's how much I did not want to crash in this other yeah. city. So with these, with his friends, so were they so intoxicated that they couldn't tell which way is, is up? Is that why they uh, they had all this miscommunication going on? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a possibility, but happens you would that- think... This shit kind of happens at parties, though, honestly. Like, everything they were saying as far as, like, you know, oh, and then I thought he was going with him, and then this happened, and, yeah. you know, I, I I saw Alonzo out of the corner of my eye, and he looked like he was having fun, but they're not really paying attention because they're yeah. also trying to holler at the girls there because, let's fr- let's face it, that's the main reason guys go to parties is to meet chicks. That was like, oh, and to get drunk. And to get drunk. That was like my go-to to meet chicks back in the day was house parties. To this day, I still miss a good house party. Uh, no one has them anymore because all my. How did that work out though? Like, did you even did you get any you know chicks? Hell, you know, hell yeah. get any action? Hell yeah. That? Good. I, I either I would either. <laughs> yeah. What what would usually happen is I would at least meet them that night. And then, oh, okay. then get like a phone number or a, a, a MySpace or a Facebook. 
and, you know, hit them up and then we'd hang out later on. Or sometimes I would meet them and then, you know, that night we would, you know, whatever. One night stand. Yeah, I haven't had a lot of those, honestly. I usually at least, you know, hang out a few times or whatever. It's not like, I don't know. One night stands, I think, are more rare than what people think because that's literally someone you just met that night and you're already, like, having sex with them. Like, that's harder to pull off than what it sounds like. Yeah. Anyway, it happens all the time in media and movies. Right. Yeah. It's that's not it's that's not super realistic because um, if you just went off of the movies, uh, cinema's idea of college parties, like everyone, you know, it's one night stands all over the place, like every party night. Well, you got to do the math on it. If a, a, a chick is willing to sleep with you within a few hours of knowing you, either a you have just something so different about you than the other guys who are there that is mm-hmm. just so damn compelling and sexy and irresistible. And you are just lining up so accurately with like what this girl is looking for in a guy that she just can't help but to like fuck your brains out. Or B, she's uh, either in to- like heavily intoxicated, on drugs, Either way, if it's... Or she's a nympho. Like, there are people who are legitimate nymphomaniacs. Yeah, if, it, if, it's, who, you know, if it's the B situation, for what, whatever those three that was just named, you want to stay away from that girl. That's not a good... That's not someone you want to be sticking your dick in. Because chances are, a lot of other people have done that too, and, you know, wrap it up. Wrap it up if you're going to do it. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. So yeah, one night stands are not as common, you know, as people think they are. Unless I'm just, yeah. unless I'm just a fucking loser and you know I'm not doing it right. I don't know. I'm, that's very well could be a possibility. But um, anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, Alonzo Brooks and how uh, you know he was at this party. His friends uh, lost track of him. Right. Okay. You know. Um, yeah. So you think they could have like it, the, the reason why I'm asking like about whether or not they were so plastered. That they couldn't, you know, keep track of him or not, or like make a make a uh, more of an effort to be like, hey, you know, let's go get him, let's go see where he is, you know, instead of like, oh, did you get him? Did you get him? No, you know, that did they even go back? You know, it, it just seems like they they didn't. I guess they didn't realize that he didn't go home with either any of them until the next morning. I guess that's why they didn't, you know, bother to try to go back and see what was going on. I mean, I'm just thinking because you got to look at the situation here. He is at a party in the middle of nowhere in some farmhouse in a uh, what what you could probably argue from the friend's perspective is a predominantly white, yeah, isolated kind of small town. And there's all these other people that came to the party that they don't know. So now you have your friend who is because, you know, it, it it is it is a reality that in some places in this country that african americans do get treated poorly that they do get targeted and it's just one of those things where i don't know i i, I but i guess that you know they're young guys so maybe they just don't really think that way he's fine he'll take care of himself you know he's tough he doesn't we, we don't have to worry about him well, when you're, you know, a younger man and you're going to a party and you're just trying to kind of like, you know, see who you can like meet there or whatever, like the yeah. last thing you're really trying to do is 
you know, keep like babysit one of your buddies. You know, it's kind of like I know it's kind of like, oh, fuck him. He can take care of himself. You know, like that. Yeah, it, I think only until you get a little bit older in life, do you start getting a little bit more considerate about your friends and like, oh, hey, you know, blah, blah. blah. I mean, that's how, that's how most of the guys I knew were. It was just kind of like, yeah. fend for yourself, bitch. You know, like it wasn't. Yeah, I think I think I think that's just that's probably that's why I said it probably didn't come to their minds. But I'm pretty sure like now, you know, that everything's out in the open and, you know, everything that's happened. Yeah. You know, there's probably a little bit of that. Like, you know, what if, you know, what if what if what if we, you know, had you know kept tabs on him a little bit more right so anyway alonzo didn't come home at the night after the party alonzo's friends and family raced to the scene to search for him but only found his boots and hat in the weeds which can't be that's a, not a good sign a good sign at all uh they found this stuff across the road from the long driveway to the farmhouse nobody was at the farmhouse or uh nobody at the farmhouse or in the small town claims to have seen alonzo rumors quickly surfaced that racial slurs and threats were tossed around at the party after alonzo's friends well i left. think that his friends already said that was going on you know at one particular point you know before you know they left and had that com- that uh uh communication error that led to alonzo alonzo being left at the party or or stuff like that. Yeah, but so, they also they also said that Alonzo was the kind of person who was not going to let that like ruin his good time, you know, like Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, it's like, "Okay, yeah, whatever, you know, but I'm going to Well, he's probably heard it before, you know, yeah. as, as fucked up as it is, you know. It doesn't mean it's right, but you know, it's just one of those things where I guess he's just like, you know, I'm not going to let that bring me down. Right. So Rumors quickly surfaced that his racial slurs were being tossed around after Alonzo's friends left and that Alonzo was flirting with a white girl and was dragged or chased down the driveway and murdered. Uh, that he has been beaten to death or that he went swimming in the creek and drowned. Yeah, don't buy that one at all. I'm at this party. I'm having such a fun time. God damn, I want to go swimming. Is there a creek nearby? Like... Uh, uh no i don't i don't know i don't see that i love i love listening to these fucking cockamamie uh theories that uh you know the moth man was a was a bird it was a it was a crane it was a sand crane yeah, it, wasn't it stands a, almost wasn't six feet tall and it's got red uh patches of uh feathers over its eyes that's what people could have been mistaking for the moth man yeah i hate they that. were glowing yeah. <laughs> Or, or or the guy who was a part of the D and D club or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, he just went swimming in the middle of the night in freezing cold water, you know, in the in the fucking ocean." Yeah, he just decided, "I'm gonna go out there and swim." And Kirk McFall, you know, yeah, Kirk, yeah, Kirk McFall, because mm-hmm. he McFell off the. Uh, anyway, that's mean. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so. These these random sentences are tripping yes. me out. Alonzo yes, never comes are. home from the party. Yes, we've already established that. You stupid, stupid article. Who is writing these? I think John Cosgrove is handwriting these himself at like three o'clock in the morning with like no <laughs> sleep. It's like, oh, gotta get these damn articles written. No one even reads these shits anyway. Only these <sighs> third-rate podcasts are trying to make money off of my creation. <laughs> So I'm going to put a bunch of mistakes in here to fuck with them. <laughs> that's how I get my jollies as an old man. And here I, and here I wonder why they, John and Terry have never been on this show before. <laughs> 
Uh, Generation Y got Terry, man. I don't know. We got uh, we got just as high of a profile as Generation Y. Yeah, if you divide their fan base by like sixteen. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, although lo uh, local law enforcement searches the area around search, as they're doing present tense again with this shit. They searched the area around the... Unless this is still 2004, and I'm just, I've am just i just been dreaming this whole time. Is it? No, it's 2020, I think. Um, they searched the area around the farmhouse multiple times, and Alonzo wasn't found. Then a month... So apparently, like, they had, like, the KBI working on it. I did not know that there was, like, the KBI. Kansas, like Kansas. Bureau of Investigation. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's one for every, for every state. There's a Georgia Bureau of Investigation. There's a fucking Florida Bureau of Investigation. I don't know what they call the Florida Bureau of Investigation. Because you can't call it the no, FBI. you can't call it the FBI. I mean... <laughs> Hey, it's like the FFBI or something, like the Florida Federal yeah. Bureau of Uh-huh. I don't know. So, a month later, when the family organized their own search after the sheriff finally gave the okay... Alonso well, they didn't mention this, you know, where, where the family, they went to the scene to search for him, and they were getting all clear pushback from the people in the town. The older you know. brother was stating in his interview that 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 and, and this is, you know, this is his opinion. You know, a lot of times when people go to different mm -hmm. cities and different places, I mean, you already feel out of place anyway. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone there was just, you know, looking at them going, what are you doing here, black people? You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's how he felt. I don't know if that's actually what was going on. But, you know, well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. The type of people that were, you know, in this town, apparently, and at that party. So I'm surprised that whole like country redneck thing like extends all the way to Kansas. I kind of thought that was. Yeah, like... I know. Like, yeah, it just shows you there's rednecks everywhere. Like, I didn't know Florida was a redneck, you know, thing. Like, I mean, it is know. until you get to the middle of Florida. Then from there down, it's like old, rich Jewish people, celebrities and like Latinos. People who are like retiring, right? Retirement. Yeah, but from know. the middle and up, like northeast and northwest Florida, oh yeah, it's all rednecks. Totally redneck. Like my city, totally redneck. Except for the little safe havens that I've found to hang out where the rednecks don't go. But even then, you still got that southernness in some of these little hipster fuckers <laughs> the southernness yeah i i i he can he can talk about this because he, he you know he knows from experience like, I, I mean you know, I, I just i have every right to claim it myself if i wanted yeah. to i just don't want to i have no desire yeah. to claim any southern fucking anything i don't like yeah. i don't really like the south that much uh i like the food um mm -hmm. i like the uh, I like how dumb some of the older people sound sometimes when they talk. It's just it, it's comforting. It reminds me of childhood, you know. But I mean, like the big fucking truck type type. No, just like a good old, <laughs> a good old like just docile southern old man hearing them talk about something, describe it, and you know, just uh, all the phrases they use. Like I was more frustrated than a three legged dog trying to bury shit on a frozen pond. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That's admittedly pretty funny. Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's it's entertaining. You know, I just get I just get pretentious fucking hipsters over here. You know, that I want to wring their you know necks. I can't or I can't imagine them with their own beards. I can't imagine what an old man who was born and raised in Washington Washington State would even sound like. Like, 
that I mean, you guys don't really have yeah. like accent, like or even in Oregon, really. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you don't. I mean, y'all. I mean, there's no like regional flavor that you guys have aside from what the hipsters turned it into with like keep yeah. Portland weird, man. <laughs> Legalize it, man. If things keep up, there won't be a Portland to keep weird. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Because of the COVID or whatever? No, because of the fucking. Uh, oh, you know, the riots! Yeah, that's like a Ground Zero over there with their little peace and love zone or whatever, where there's no there. There's autonomy, autonomous zone. Well, that that doesn't exist anymore in Seattle, but uh, you know there there's like eight. There's been eight straight weeks and counting of just rioting like every night in in this particular part of Portland. So much so that the feds have actually gotten involved. And then there's a whole, com- you know, uh, controversy with the feds being there, and and it's just fucked up all the way around right now. It's just it's a fucking mess, just like this situation. Yeah, you know, it's fucked up and it was a mess. So the family did their own search a month later, and they found Alonzo's body within a fucking half like, hour. What? Yeah, what are the fucking chances of that? They found it in the same area the local sheriff had already searched. And the KBI. Alonzo was found fully clothed, laying on top of a debris pile in the creek, just 250 feet from the farmhouse. Friends and family who find him say he appeared to have only mild decomposition, considering he'd been missing for a month. This leads to more rumors that Alonzo's body was kept in a freezer, then placed in the creek for his family to find. So, and speaking of the creek theory, so there were some people who were trying to say, oh, well, he could have, his body could have been stuck in the wash somewhere, and then the water level rose, and then it carried him to that spot. And then you have a conflicting, you know, evidence in the form of physical evidence of things that were on his person, uh, you know, that he was carrying with him that his mother has. And like pieces of paper that are not water damaged at all and are in, you know, perfectly fine condition. If he was in the water for that long, that wouldn't happen. I mean, people who even do who even want to go that route about like, well, what about this? What about it's like, well, dude, someone still murdered him no matter which way, yeah. which way you slice it. Exactly. He, someone still killed him. I mean, I, I highly doubt... I don't buy... And remember, you remember, we didn't mention how the police were actually trying to, you know, say, oh, he, he he's, he's going to be okay. Like, he just... He's just out you know, walking around, walk. you know, like kids do, with no shoes on. And, yeah, it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, can you take can you take us a little bit more seriously than that, Kansas? Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 <laughs> if he fucking lives 45 miles away... He's going to walk 45 miles with no shoes on. And on top of that, he has a hurt ankle. He was limping around while he was at the party because he has a he, he had an ankle injury. He, so we're supposed to believe that he's going to walk around barefoot with an ankle injury 45 miles? No matter how intoxicated he was, he's not doing that. Uh, I definitely think that... Oh, well, let me finish this and I'll t- tell you my theory. Um... Although the coroner cannot confirm a cause or manner of death, the FBI has reopened Alonzo's case and is now offering a $100,000 reward for information about his disappearance. Yeah, because of the whole, you know, the I don't blame the coroner because he couldn't actually uh, efficiently determine uh, any of these things because the body had actually decomposed enough that he couldn't he couldn't find the signs that would show that he was strangled 
or that there was, you know, significant uh, uh, bruising or any of that sort of stuff that would have occurred if he was, uh, you know, beat up or, or, or hurt in that manner. So they didn't really have sufficient uh, evidence or ability to be able to do that from, you know, just from the, uh, the, the uh, autopsy. This is an interesting little note that they put in this article. Rumors have filled internet message boards with claims that Alonzo's unexplained death was a hate crime involving the area's youth. Though law enforcement interviewed dozens of partygoers, a family is begging someone to offer up information. The silence is deafening. That's that's kind of editorializing it a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I yeah, I don't have a problem with it, but like that, you can tell someone different is writing their articles now. They yeah. they usually just state facts. They would never make a statement like the silence is deafening. Yeah, no, they wouldn't do that. On July 21st, 2020, Alonzo's body was exhumed from a Topeka graveyard. Um, and then we have an update, 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 update. Uh, on the evening of April, blah, 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 This is shit that you already know. You already know. You already know. The more you know, again. Oh, wait, this is all just basically the same shit I just read you. Yep. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, so yeah, the case is reopened now, which is good. And because, yeah. you know, they're, since these cases are pretty new, I mean, relatively compared to the old Unsolved Mysteries, um, you know, it's not like a 30-year-old case, you know, like some of the ones that you'd see on the stacked yeah. version. Like some of those here, here, some of those cases, I mean, pretty much most all of them at this point, probably not going to get solved. Yeah. yeah. It's been too long. Sadly. Too much time, been too long. Too much time has elapsed. Yeah, there, there's a high probability that some of the you know perpetrators or the people who did it might actually just be dead yeah. at this point, or you know the people that could actually come forward to uh, prove that so and so was the perpetrator or someone who committed the crime, they're no longer uh, able to uh, uh, talk or anything like that, either through the fact that they're no longer breathing or, you know, that, you know, other things that can occur when you get older, uh, where, you know, memory, you know, memories can uh, get lost and stuff like that. So I, it's, it's too bad because there are some cases from the original series where you're like, man, I really wish that, you know, could have been solved. But, uh, yeah, I think that what happened was, from what I know about going to parties, uh, the loudest guy that is, yeah, okay, if you're, if you're the loudest guy at the party and you know everyone there, that's one thing. If nobody knows who the fuck you are and you're just being loud and, you know, whatever, uh, it just, for whatever reason, however human... Uh, the psyche of it messes with people's tribal mentality. It does, yeah, it does. It does something to their for whatever reason. It makes them dislike, generally dislike that person who's being loud. It's like I don't know this person, and they're like the last person in the room. And then compound that with the fact that according to even according to Alonzo's friends, most of the people there were quote cowboy folk. So you got a bunch of cowboys in a predominantly white area and you got this loud you know black dude who's apparently hitting off or talking to white chicks that's like ever that's like all the formula for like disaster and then all of alonzo's friends leave on top of that 
I mean, I guarantee. Well, it, I mean, it also it also shows you like how fucked up certain parts of our country have been and still are. Yeah, you know how there's this deep rooted racism. Yeah, uh, in, in some of these communities, uh, to the point where like an African American comes into a party and instead of it just being a good time and then be able to just let things slide, you know, it's you know what is this you know black man doing in my you know they probably wouldn't say black in my man, in my city you know i know i know <laughs> probably use a much, i'm not a much worse term. i'm not i'm not going there no, but I'm, you yeah, know I'm, I'm just just to keep it uh, just to keep yeah. it real for people they wouldn't say what is this african-american doing at my party <laughs> they'd say something a lot worse but uh you know I, i'm not yeah. gonna say it either but uh you know just yeah especially you know what is he doing you know trying to pick my flower you know the you know the flowers that you know I want to pick. Wow, that is a very that is that is a very interesting way to word that, Mike. I know. I just thought I just thought it was kind of it a was, different. I would, it was it was delicate. It was it was a very feminine <laughs> very feminine analogy. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's totally fine. That's how you want to express oh yourself. Um, but yeah, no, they probably you know, and everyone's drunk and they're young. Yeah, you got you got literally every combination for awful things. Young and dumb, redneck, get tribal mentality. Someone from outside your tribe is trying to hit on one of your women. Yeah, I mean, you know, it could it could. They're trying to hit that, and you're like, it could conceivably be the same situation if you were in like, you know, I don't know. Let's just say like Compton, and you you're at like uh you're this white guy at like a Crips party with like the Crip gang. And you're this white guy, and you're like being loud, and you're trying to holler at like some of the chicks there. Your ass is probably gonna get shot at some point in the night. Like it's just the wrong situation. You gotta kind of feel the room and play to it. You can't. You can't just like bust up in. I don't. Th- I don't think there's gonna be a fucking white guy. In well, no, I was saying though. Uh, you're right because that, that, sound, that sounds ridiculous <laughs> because because that white guy would be so fucked probably. If the it, you know, I mean, if you go in there and you're just real fucking Jamie Kennedy over here, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you're just like low key and you're cool. Malibu's most wanted, trying to go around. <laughs> oh, that'd be even worse because then they'd feel like you're you're mocking them or some shit. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got, you gotta you gotta be kind of like low key in these. Pl- you gotta feel the room. You gotta feel out the room. You gotta act. And then- I don't think, but in this instance, I think it's a little bit different. I don't think it would have fucking mattered if he was being, you know, if he wasn't being as demonstrative in terms of how much fun he's having. Like he could have been quieter about it, but as soon as he starts hitting on some of these girls, like that's it, you know. And or, it could, or it know- could have been a situation where. He's hitting on one of the girls and only one of the guys or, or, you know, has a problem with it and confronts him. And then they get into like a fight because Alonzo's Alonzo's like not backing down. And he's like, you know, fuck you, man. You know, I'll talk to whoever I want. And then maybe the guy is there with his buddies and, and, and it's maybe not it's a it's maybe it's not a racial thing. Maybe it's a we're we're friends with this guy. So we're going to back him up in this fight against this Alonzo dude, you know, and and, you know, I, I, you know. I don't know. I think it's more of a race thing, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't think it's like strictly like, oh, you fucked up my yeah, buddy. Probably. Or you, you know, 
Because, like, if it was more of a buddy thing, like, wouldn't they just beat him up and, you know, or, or you know, throw him out of the party? Like, why would they kill him? Right, like, I, yeah, I mean, the, kill, the killing is kind of the step that makes you feel like it's a <laughs> racial thing because it's almost like, yeah, if it was a white guy, they might have beat his ass, but they probably wouldn't have killed him. But this is all just speculation, though, you know? It is speculation. But it, but But I don't think he, you know, it was an accident. I don't think he died accidentally. No, it definitely, definitely wasn't an accident. It definitely was not. He didn't, he did it wasn't like, you know, uh, one o'clock in the morning and he just pounded his, like, like eighth or ninth Bud Light and was like, I want to go swimming right now. <laughs> Where is the nearest creek? Oh, it's right out there, buddy. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. All right, see you guys later. I'm taking my shirt off and my cap and throwing it haphazardly in the weeds. Bye. Oh, shit, this creek is a lot harder to navigate than I thought. I'm dead. No, I don't think it happened like that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, but, yeah, but I remember, weren't the friends saying something that it looked like there was a little bit of a conflict between Alonzo and one of the guys yeah, at the party? Yeah, and the, and the, before and the friend... he disappeared? Yeah, the friend so, tried to, like, separate him or whatever. But, again, Alonzo, from, remember, he was having such a fucking great time. We can't, we can't understate that. That uh, he would not be deterred. He wanted to, he wanted to stay. So... And uh, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the episode, man, the guy Justin, who he rode with there, this is just my personal take and my personal opinion. Justin is like playing it up for the camera with his sadness and his grief, and he's kind of doing the crocodile tears, and he's kind of doing the uh, I should have been there. I blame myself because I, I would have if I had been there, I would have I would have went down right there with him. We would have fought together till the end. I, I'd trade places with him any day, and it's like. Okay, man, you know, pump the brakes on all that fake sympathy shit. Like, I... I don't know if it's fake. I don't really... I mean, I, who knows? I don't really... I, I feel like he was playing it up a little bit. It just didn't seem... I saw... I hear this all the time in these court in these court show uh, dramas. It's like, I saw the, the... I heard the weepy voice. I saw the glassy eyes, but I never saw any tears. That's what they always say to, like, you know... In, well, indica- everyone shows their emotions differently. Not everyone's necessarily going to cry in the, in that particular yeah, moment. I don't know. I just kind of felt, uh, again, it's my personal take on it. I, I felt like the friend Justin, I, th- I felt like everyone else was, you know, appropriately responding. I'm not going to judge a guy for his fucking response well, or his grief I, over I will. his lost friend. I, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I will. <laughs> I, I will judge them on that because this is a junk food podcast. <laughs> And you're not supposed to learn anything, and you're supposed to be entertained. Uh, and if that means you getting uh, offended, well, you still technically felt something. To me, the mystery with this case comes down to where the body was, you know, uh, for all that time, and definitely who killed him. Um, yeah, because they were talking about there was some like white shed that that was there yeah. uh, initially, and then it was gone. And there's rumors that well, no, the shed wasn't gone. Uh, it, it was still there. I think what they were talking about was how the party uh, was at this barn, and then when they went to investigate, it looked like there had never been a party there. Um, so I don't I don't think I remember hearing anything about the shed going missing. But I do remember hearing something about how there were rumors that somebody, you know, someone who said that his body was being kept in a freezer in, in so, on someone's property. Here, here's my theory. 
So this is my final uh, thoughts on this particular case. So this is the because the whole hiding the body thing is very suspicious, especially for that long. And like as soon as the investigation is done, then the body is found by his family in that location. So I definitely do 100 percent believe that body was planted. 100 percent. It don't matter how difficult it is to go through the brush or whatever. They figured out a way to do it because uh, I don't buy the idea that the body just naturally. Well, yeah, because well, the coroner, the coroner was talking about people move bodies in convenient manners. And they're saying and he was saying that a, moving a body in general is not convenient. It's heavy. It's awkwardly yeah. shaped. So the whole theory of it being planted and all this other kind of stuff was uh, far fetched in his eyes because it's really hard to move a body. Uh, I don't buy that. They'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's because there's all so the many other because the other evidence just doesn't corroborate that it naturally got there. Unless the unless unless we're supposed to believe that the KBI and the police, you know, the local police are you know a bunch of numbskulls. I'm willing to believe that of the Kansas uh, the Kansas yeah. police force. Yeah. Even though there's an interview with a guy who's like, hey, we would have found it if, you know, because we were, you know, kicking the brush around and, you know, we would have found it if it was there. I think the whole Kansas Police Department is a bunch of donut eating, banjo playing, inbred sons of bitches <laughs> that eat, that's eating a little too many grains in their time. I think they've become slow in their rocking chairs and they ain't never really had any any real crime go down in Kansas. What the fuck do you ever hear about Kansas in the news? You don't hear about... Florida laughs at Kansas and their transgressions. <laughs> in a year's time of Kansas homicides, that is one day in Jacksonville, Florida. Get on our level, Kansas. Our, there, oh, is so never, got- there is never any DUIs in Jacksonville, Florida. You know why there ain't no DUIs? Because the police are too busy finding murderers and sex traffickers to even worry about the drunks. In yeah, Kansas, except- that's all they do is catch people for drink drunk driving because there ain't nothing else going on in Kansas. <laughs> this has been my indictment on Kansas. Sounds like You'll never uh, we be had Florida. A- uh, thanks for joining uh, uh, the podcast, Angry Florida Man. Uh... <laughs> I am the Florida Defender Attorney at Law. You send me any Florida Man story, I will tell you how it. I will tell you what the actual facts are behind it, and not the shocking headlines that make Floridians all look dumb. Okay, we are a proud all people. Right. Are you done, Florida man? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what that was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't buy the idea that it just naturally wound up at that particular spot at the creek. So this is what I think happened. You know, the party, you know, was getting uh, rowdy and, you know, Alonzo was hitting on, you know, some of the women that these guys uh had the hots for, or maybe one of them was actually one of their uh, girlfriends or something. And uh, there was a confrontation of some kind. Uh, Maybe there was a back and forth uh, in terms of, you know, uh, epithets or, you know, insults that were thrown back and forth and fists and whatever. And 
one thing led to another and Alonzo was ganged up on and he was either beaten to death, strangled or killed. And I think one of these uh, party goers might have been prominent in his community uh, uh, or possibly could have been related to someone in the police department. So couldn't have that sort of connection. Oh, uh, sheriff's son, you know, kills you know African American, you know, man at a part. You know, it's not gonna. So I think you know there was some sort of cover up involved. Maybe that's why the cops were like, we didn't find anything. Well, but, if we've learned anything about small towns from watching unsolved mysteries, it's that uh, you know, don't go to them. Because, you know, whoever, whoever runs... <laughs> Don't go to parties. Not at, in a small you know, town. In the middle of the night. Small, small town. Small town justice is, is who you know. It's a good old boy network. It's, you know, we screwed up, so now let's cover up. I mean, it's it's their own little... Uh, it's yeah. their own little autonomous zone to a certain extent. Yeah. So, there you go. So, what, what, do, you, what do you think happened? I already told you what I thought happened. Yeah. That he was, uh, it's a very similar sort of, uh, mindset. So anyway, yeah, either way, uh, may Alonzo rest in peace. And, um, I hope this case gets solved. I hope somebody gets nailed for this. Yeah. And then they'll go to prison and get nailed again in a different way. (laughs) All right. So the next case we're going to talk about is actually a case that's been solved, but I wanted to talk about it because I saw this article and I was like, this is fucking insane. And so I wanted to uh, definitely uh, talk about Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. So uh, props goes to All That's Interesting. It's a website for, you know, getting all this information together. So... uh, if you look at his mug mugshot, he definitely looks like someone who uh, is very deeply troubled in one way or another, to say the least. So, uh, Richard Chase was one disturbed serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it lightly. Technically, all serial killers are disturbed, but there's one slide. There's a sliding scale, and Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento, is strongly on one side. He lived his life under a series of powerful delusions that had fatal consequences. Chase made the papers when he killed and mutilated the bodies of six victims in Sacramento, California in the late 1970s. Given his nickname, it doesn't come as much of a surprise that Richard Chase's trademark was drinking the blood of his victims after he killed them. But believe it or not, drinking his victims' blood wasn't even the vampire killer's most disturbing trait. Uh, Richard Chase showed, uh, he showed signs of mental illness at a young age, but his father, a strict and sometimes physically abusive parent, did little to get him help. Uh, sadly, that seems uh, to be a pretty common thing, you know, with these uh, serial killers, you know, in these these uh, broken homes or, you know, the, the, you know the psychiatric issues that, you know, the parents either don't understand or just want to act like, oh, it's a phase, or, you know, ignore it, or uh, I don't want to deal with this. And, you know, by that point, you know, because with these kind of behaviors, I think there is a possibility if they are treated at a young enough age to kind of maybe switch things around a little bit, 
you know, when it comes to the uh, wavelengths or, you know, the connections that are going on in their head, you know, either with, through medication or through, you know, a, you know, therapy and stuff like that. There, there's a there's a chance. I'm not saying it's a 100 percent guarantee, but there's a chance that they could be rehabilitated. Um, but if you don't do it, then it just becomes ingrained and then it's just that. It's, they're just past the point of no return at that point. So uh, Chase was disturbed and unhappy as a child, and his symptoms grew worse in adolescence. He set several small fires, frequently wet the bed, and displayed signs of cruelty toward animals. I don't know how frequently wet the bed really ties into serial killer thing. I, I'm. I think uh, something like if you can, if you still are, if you get to a certain age and you're still wetting the bed, that's like a sign of some kind of mental something or other. Well, yeah, definitely a mental, you know, illness. But you know, I don't know. I don't know about like disturbing. You know, I think it's just a sign of somebody who's just not doesn't have control in in, in multiple different areas of their life. Now, cruelty towards animals, fires. You know, all this other sort of stuff that's leaning towards like you need to really watch this kid and put this, you know. So these three habits are sometimes called the McDonald triad or the triad of sociopathy proposed by psychiatrist J.M. McDonald in 1963 as predictor of sociopathy in a patient. I think it's a pretty, uh, I mean, these three habits, uh, that's why they have the wet the bed. Okay. I did not know that that was tied into fires and cruelty towards animals. Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard that a while back. Hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, it definitely does seem sociopathic to, you know, just be cruel to animals and set fires and do all this stuff. Like, I, you know. I don't, uh, uh, setting fires, I feel a little personally attacked for that. I loved setting fires when <laughs> I was a kid. Hey, you only had one. Okay. <laughs> You did have all three. No, you're you're, you're saying <laughs> I, 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 I was kind of cruel to my cousin's dog, but he, I felt like I was in the uh, gang up mentality because my cousin kind of started it, and I just went along yeah. with it like the fucking follower that I was. Uh huh. Well, at the same time, you you also, as you got older, you realize like, oh man, it's kind of fucked. Yeah, it was up, awful. You know, yeah, the stuff that I've been doing. I'm not uh, proud of who I used to be in in many ways. <laughs> but you know. People like Chase, like their their brains, the way that they're wired, like I don't think they're capable of actually like caring about any of that. So Chase's problems grew worse when his father allegedly kicked him out of the house. Without supervision, Chase turned to alcohol and drugs, which quickly turned into substance abuse. Uh, psychotropic drugs exasperated the symptoms of his illness. Uh, like the vampire whose moniker he would soon adopt, he became convinced on several occasions that his heart had stopped. And at times he thought he was actually a walking corpse. But being occasionally dead was no reason to neglect his health, fearing that he lacked vitamin C. He reportedly pressed whole oranges to the skin of his forehead, believing that his brain would absorb the nutrients directly. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's fucking crazy. This is the type of person who should just be institutionalized. That's just... Period. End of discussion. They're not. They're they're not. It's not safe to have them in society, because of the risks risks that come with that. 
Uh, so one of the strangest and most powerful delusions involved his skull. He felt that his cranial bones had split apart and had begun to shift beneath his skin, changing places and jumbling like puzzle pieces. He shaved his head in an effort to monitor their movements. This is schizophrenia right here, man. Yeah. This is a level of crazy, too, that's admittedly a little bit fascinating, you know, in terms of, like, the insanity of it all. You know, like, the the level of craziness. And, and, and you know, how unique it is. Like, how often do you hear someone, you know, like, oh, I, I thought my skull was shifting beneath my skin. Like, can, can you imagine that feeling? It must have been horrifying. I've had some pretty bad hangovers before where, like, I had really bad headaches where it kind of felt like the bones in my skull were shifting around. Yeah? Not really, but, you know, <laughs> I'd make a little dry joke there. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that must have been just awful. On top of all the other things that's going on in his head. So, unsurprisingly, at the age of 25, Chase was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Hey, I called it. Insta- and he was institutionalized in 1975 to prevent him from become, becoming a danger to himself, and honestly, a danger to others. His fascination with blood earned him the nickname Dracula among the psych- psychiatric hospital's assistants, who witnessed him kill and attempt to drink the blood of several birds in an effort to stave off the effects of poison that he was uh, um, that he imagined uh, was slowly turning his own blood to powder. It was his attempt to inject himself with rabbit's blood, which made him violently ill, that had resulted in his institutionalization. In spite of several similar incidents, the staff believed that they had rehabilitated Chase, and he was released to live with his mother. That was a massive mistake. Despite of several incident incidents of him like sucking bird's blood, they're like, "Oh, he's fine. He can go ahead and live with his mom." Yeah, dude, that's fucking that's problematic. It it was a fatal decision. As Chase's condition wasn't improving, he was growing worse. Have you heard of Richard Chase before? No, I've not. Yeah, uh, the first time I I heard about him was when I looked this up. And this photo here, I don't know if you're looking at the article or not. Um, Uh, Where's oh, here it is. This article. Oh Jesus! He looks like a he looks like a combination of the lead singer of the Black Crows and like John Frusciante yeah. from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, but if you see the one where it says Richard Chase relapses, that that photo, even though yes, he's a he's a monster in a lot of ways, but I think he's a monster who it was created by mental illness, you know, that he was born with. And you look at this photo and like. Fuck. I mean, that guy definitely looks like he's, you know, lost. I feel like none of these pictures and, and on this website are loading for me. It's really, You definitely think that he's lost in one way or another. Like, you just, this look on his face is just, it, it's honestly a little, a little sad. Dude, despite he's the fact, got the you know, same he look. He's got the same crazy eyes that my friend, the friend who, who cut the fart in, uh, FYE. Oh her brother uh is schiz- she's yeah. schizophrenic too but but, oh. but she's like got her shit under control with medication mm-hmm. her brother went on uh went to thailand to well yeah. basically buy some punani because it's legal over there um yeah. and he <laughs> this dude is so crazy 
some woman that he was trying to sleep with in Thailand was like, what are those pills? And she pointed to his antipsychotic pills, and he got so embarrassed, he flushed him down the toilet. toilet. Oh, fuck. And he's like, oh, nothing. No. So then he went the whole, like, month in Thailand without his medication. Oh, no. And he started posting these pictures on his Facebook of him making just these crazy... He looked crazy. Like, fucking insane. And uh, this picture of this Richard Chase guy relapses. Yeah. Uh, it looked it, it looked very similar to that, actually. Yeah. Let me see. Do I have a picture? I think I saved. It was so crazy. I think I saved. Because, you know, a lot of it is, you know, it's 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 uh, the facial, uh, you know, features are showing what's going on. You know, the emotions are displaying what's going on in, in, in his head. Yeah. He's lost. It's like, you know, yes, he's did these horrible things, but at the same time, it's like you look at this and you're like, fuck, like, that's just it it definitely still is a little bit tragic, you know, in some ways. I'm not trying to, like, have, like, serious uh, level of sympathy for this guy, but at the same time, I don't think he was ever in his right head. He was always fucking off the deep end. When he was doing anything. He was crazier than a coconut. So, though Richard Chase had been released into his mother's care, there was nothing legally binding that forced him to stay with her. Not long after his release from the psychiatric hospital, he moved out, later saying he thought his mother was poisoning him. He moved into an apartment that he shared with a group of young men he called friends. But it seems they didn't know Chase well. And when he persisted in unusual behavior... Notably drug abuse that left him constantly high and a proclivity for walking around the apartment without any clothing. They asked him to leave. Like, you're harsh in our buzz, man. You're always coming in here, like, with your ass out and your dick and balls. Like, get, get out. So, uh, Richard Chase, however, refused to leave. And it seemed the path of least resistance to his sometime roommates to abandon the apartment and find other logics. Chase was once again living on his own, a circumstance that almost always exasperated the symptoms of his condition. His fascination with blood resurfaced, and he began capturing and killing small animals. He would eat them raw, or blend their organs with soda, and drink the mixture. Fucking soda? Yeah. Ugh. God. They actually show this blurry photo of a bloody blender that the police found in his apartment that he used to blend these organs for consumption. In August of 1977, Nevada police found him late one night in the Lake Tahoe area, covered in blood and carrying a bucket with a liver in the back of his pickup. This guy doesn't just have one screw loose. He has all of his screws Well, that was uh, when they found, what was it, like, uh, Dahmer? Didn't they find all these, like, organs and brains and faces and shit in his freezer? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty typical serial killer shit, I'd say. Since they determined the blood and organ belonged to a cow, not a human, they let Chase go. Oh, it was just a cow liver. Never mind, he was covered in fucking blood. I mean, it is legal, I guess. I I guess, but, like... I'm surprised he escaped the wrath of PETA, though. Couldn't it be like a psych thing? You know, like, 
So, yeah, it says they determined the blood in the organ belonged to a cow, not a human. They let him go. Yet again, Richard Chase slipped through the cracks in systems that could have helped him and protect, protected others. As it was alone, with uh, no one to watch him or rein him in, uh, you know, he was alone. Uh, he fell more and more deeply under the power of his delusions until finally they prompted him to do the unthinkable. On December 29th of 1977, Richard Chase was frustrated and lonely. His mother hadn't allowed him to come home for Christmas, he would later recall, and he was mad. Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old man who was helping his wife bring in groceries, became his first victim. While driving by their street, Chase pulled out a 22 caliber pistol and shot him in the chest. It was the beginning of an obsession. On January 23rd of 1978, Chase entered the home of Teresa Wallen, who was pregnant, through her unlocked front door. He felt he would say during interrogation that an unlocked door was a kind of an invitation to him, a justification for what happened next. So, as, as if you needed any more reasons to keep your doors locked, here you go. Something Canadians don't know anything about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Throwing some shade at Shots Canada. fired. Yeah. You trusting Canadians, you. From that time on, all his victims were people who had left their door unlocked. Richard Chase shot Teresa Wallen three times using the same gun he used to shoot Griffin. Chase then proceeded to stab her with a butcher knife before cutting out her organs and drinking her blood. He reportedly used a yogurt container as a cup. Chase's final murders were the most gruesome of all. On, on January 27, 1978, just four days after Wallen's murder, Chase found Evelyn Miroff's door unlocked. Inside were her six-year-old son, Jason Miroff, her 22-year-old nephew, David Ferreria, and a friend named Dan Meredith. Meredith was murdered in the hallway, dead by a gunshot wound to the head. Chase subsequently stole his car keys. Evelyn and Jason were found in Evelyn's bedroom. The little boy had been shot twice in the head. Evelyn was partially cannibalized. Her stomach was cut open and she had multiple organs missing. There was also a failed attempt to remove one of her eyes and her corpse had also been sodomized. Ugh. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a monstrous person to say the least. Uh created by, you know, mental illness. And I think in a lot of ways, these acts could have been avoided if he was just institutionalized, period. Like, permanently. If anything, Richard Chase and, and you know, the uh, the murders that he went on to commit uh, is a, in my opinion, is proof positive that, you know, we, we should have mental institutions, that we should have those uh, options to be able to keep these people uh, who are not only a, a, a harm to themselves, but to other people away from the rest of society. Just because there are some people who are institutionalized wrongly, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have the option to keep these people, these mentally ill individuals who are so far gone that they just can't function in, in society. Yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes. An anomaly of nature. Sadly, yeah. It's a fucked up hand to be dealt. Yeah. For anyone. Yeah, it really is unfortunate, because it's like... I don't know. 
Uh, so I sometimes feel like at, at any given time I might be on the brink of just, you know, snapping or something, you know? And you, you hope you don't. I don't think I will, but it could, it could happen. I don't think, like, to this extent, though. No. Like, you have no, to have, like, no, some serious mental if illness I ever, for this kind of... Like, if I ever, like, lost on that level, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually, like... I don't think I'd actually harm anyone else. It would, it would more or less just be me grabbing my head and pulling my hair out and just, like, screaming in the corner of a room or something. Yeah. So the baby, David Ferreria, whom Evelyn Miroth had been babysitting, was missing from the scene of the crime. The child's decapitated corpse is found months later behind a church. So the story of what happened that night emerged during Chase's trial. The knock of a visitor had startled Sacramento's vampire killer who took Faria's body and fled via Meredith's stolen car. The visitor alerted a, a neighbor who then called the cops. The authorities were able to identify Chase's prints and Miroff's blood. Now, the the uh decapitated child was also found in like the uh in i guess in a box in the church parking lot looks like it was a fright like a box for fries or something Jeez. french fries yeah it says like mac fries that's what it looks like uh that's i don't know the full details of that so when the police uh, searched Chase's apartment, they found that all of his utensils were stained with blood and his fridge contained human brains. Chase was arrested. The sensational trial of the vampire of Sacramento began on January 2nd, 1979 and lasted for five months. The defense attorneys rejected the suggested death penalty on the grounds that Chase was not guilty by reason of insanity. In the end, after five hours of deliberation, the jury took the side of the prosecution. Richard Chase, the vampire killer, was found guilty of six counts of murder and sentenced to death by gas chamber. His fellow inmates, aware of his crimes, were frightened by him. They often encouraged him to kill himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> when your, when your, you when just, your fellow uh, inmates are frightened of yeah. you, yeah, and they're just like lobbing over like, hey man, kill yourself. Uh, that would be great. Uh, you should do that. So... Whenever you can get around to, to, to killing yourself, that that would work best for most of us. Yeah, you got these hard criminals who are, are just fucking scared shitless of this guy because he's just unpredictable for one, probably, and also just just so fucking far off the deep end. Just shows you that even criminals have lines that you know they draw. And, you know, and and if people cross them, then they're like, I, I you know. But anyway, uh, Richard Chase did just that. Uh, he killed himself. He stockpiled the anti-anxiety medicine he was offered by the jail staff until he had enough for a fatal overdose. He was found dead in his jail cell the day after Christmas in 1980. Yep. Typical... Typical move when you're in that situation, a la Jeffrey Epstein. And that's the story of the vampire of Sacramento. So, uh, yeah, that's a real-life horror story for sure. I, I wanted to talk about it because I just thought it was just so insane. Like, the the uh, twists that... that you know, occurred and, and just how dark things got. It was just, it's just like, whoa. 
you know. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it's just a, 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 it's crazy, crazy. That's really the. I mean, so that's the perfect way to put it. It's, it's just fucking crazy, and you know, uh, sometimes you know there are people like that who really are so crazy because of how you know things wound up in inside their brain that it, you know they they wind up doing things like this. I mean, I I don't I think you I, I think he's definitely still guilty, but I mean I I I do feel that. There's a case, there's a legit case for insanity that he wasn't like doing all of this consciously, you know, like, like, uh, he knew what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. Just a really just evil, just scary cocktail of sociopathic tendencies and, and just, uh, pure uh, psychotic paranoia and just schizophrenia. It's just, yeah. I thought you were gonna call him just like uh, you're like yeah, just a cock tease or a cock something. <laughs> nah, no, he's a cocktail of just craziness. That he is, Michelle. That he is. So, uh, speed of craziness, we have some crazy stuff, but it's not as crazy as, as Richard Chase. All right, now we're into our final segment of the podcast, the one you've all been waiting for, the perks of being a Josh Flower. Um, so I unearthed my online journal a few weeks ago. Uh, the journal was Zanga.com. It was comparable to, like, live journal and stuff like that. I started that. writing in this journal when I was, uh, like, how old was I in 2004? Born in 88, so I was like 2, 1990s, I was 12 in the year 2000, so I was like 15 or 16 in 2004. So I started writing in 2004, and we've just been going through my old diary entries. Uh, this was in the heat of puberty for me, so I uh, was very emotional. Uh, I, I uh, the, the main theme here so far is that uh, I am mad because I can't get a girlfriend and that I want to be in a famous rock band. Um, that is the overarching thing of the entire diary entries, but, um, I had a lot of feelings back then, so, uh, here we go. Uh, pick it up from last week. Oh, and by the way, I did get in touch with Lisa from the, from last oh. week. Uh, Lisa. Cool. Uh, I had, I had a particularly, uh, depressing journal entry where I was talking about how I'm worthless over and over again, and... Lisa, my friend at the time, said, you're not worthless, you know, you, you're you basically, you know, you're my friend, so you can't be worthless, and she's just said really encouraging shit that was really sweet, uh -huh. and I didn't even appreciate it at the time, so I reached back out to her, and I, she, didn't, of course, she didn't even remember saying it, but I was like, and I didn't remember her saying it either, quite frankly, until I read it, and I was like, thank you for being a good person back then, you know, and I hope I hope you still are, and you probably are, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We started talking, and, you know, I might end up DJing her wedding. So there you go. Oh, good. Good. Penny yeah. Hoozles, now we're getting to uh, Thursday, July 15th, uh, 2004. So uh, we're at, what, 16 years ago. Uh, well, tomorrow I go to band practice. I'm so excited. I love playing music. It is the only thing I can do right. Yeah, and you may notice I seem a little bipolar on this website. Well, that's because I have ups and downs a lot, with a lot of T's at the end of it. 
and my downs usually has to do with people. And tomorrow I was gonna see my friend Stephanie, but that didn't work out too dandy, and now I can't. Damn it! Exclamation point, all caps. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, by the way, was no, not. No, is, no, like there's no delay here with the with the wave of emotion. No. It's just like. <laughs> Boom! Zero, just in your face. Zero to pissed off very quick. <laughs> Stephanie was this uh, not the Stephanie who's in my band now. Uh, this was a different uh -huh. Stephanie, but this 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 chick was my one of my best friends at that age, fifteen or sixteen. Uh, we hung out like every Friday night after high school, like totally platonic. I was totally friend zoned. I liked her so much, but she didn't see me that way because I was fat. Um, and so, yeah, so she'll be making a lot of appearances in, in this. Stephanie has since moved out to California with her, I think, husband or boyfriend. I don't know which, but, uh, I have not heard from her in a really long time. So anyway, I go on. It's been so long since I have seen her, Stephanie, and I really do like her and I just wanted to see her again, but hopefully the next, uh, the next day I will be able to do something with her. I need to get a nice bass. If I'm going to play bass for this band, I want and need a good damn bass. I want a Warwick bass. Those things are a lot of money. Saturday is going to be kind of tricky, too, because I have to go to a lame family gathering, and then I have to go straight from there to the mall to meet up with my beautiful friend Stephanie. Well, I'm out for now. Uh, yeah, Josh, let me tell you a little something about that lame family gathering. A lot of those people at that family gathering are dead now, so maybe you could have appreciated that family gathering a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Ooh. My grandma, my dad, like, Jesus. my. That's the stuff that only comes, though, with perspective, you know, and you only look at that in hindsight. Right. Like, you know, young Josh was probably focused on so many other things, you know, than, than you know family gathering all right so this is saturday july 17th two days after the lame family gathering where all my family was still alive that i hated so much because i was a piece of shit um all right here we go hey zango well i just got back from my second band practice yeah i thought i would be more stoked too well the thing is i play bass which is considerably different than guitar and when the guitar player tries to show me what to do it's hard to transcribe it to bass because the neck is a lot longer and the frets are more spaced out. So I guess... Do you still play bass? Oh, yeah, I can still play bass. Yeah, I used to be a really sick bass player, but I don't... I, 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 if, if I got back into practicing, it, could, I could get good at it again. I mean, I used to be, I used to be really good for my age. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway. So I guess I need to play more, but I got a practice CD, so I'm going to improve a lot. This is going to be a learning experience, to say the least. Wow, practice CDs. Yeah, I know. My head is taking you back. My head feels so woozy. All these heavy, heavy vibrations from the amps really mess with your head after a while. This was my first band, by the way. This is my first time ever uh -huh. like being in a band. So this was all brand new to me. Um, I'm tired. To so get a go ahead, get a taste of what it's like to be drunk. You know, yeah. with your woozy, you know, woozy head and all. I don't that even know if your, I had even tried. I don't even know if I had tried alcohol at that point. I might have just tried it for the first time. Um. I'm tired and my eyes are heavy typing this, only making me more tired. And yeah, it turns out that our show at Murray Hill will be moved way closer than I anticipated. It's going to be frickin' August 7th. That's the Saturday before school starts. What a way to kick off the new school year. Uh, in parentheses, I go, that I'm not looking forward to by any means. This next year is going to suck because our school is really stupid and the high school is 10th to 12th grade. So I'm going to be the new kid again. 
in the new building with new people, and I'm not going to be the big dog anymore. I'm going to get picked on again, and I won't be able to make a lot of jokes because the older kids will make fun of me. Yeah, this is going to suck. Man, this band thing will be the only thing going right in my life, and that might not even be going right. I am really discouraged <laughs> oh. right now. Please give me some good e-props or comments or something. And e-props? I, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that is. And Lisa, your advice sucks. No offense. Whenever I read your comments, they bring me more down. Oh, my God. I feel like you're yelling at me or something. Well, I'm out. Peace. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, right. Fuck peace. Fuck gays. Uh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> what? Holy shit. There's whoa a, there, that, that really took a really sharp right turn at the end. What? Why am I attacking Lisa? She was being so fucking sweet. Yeah, I know. Why am I saying fuck gays? I, at that point in my life, was questioning my sexuality. And I'm sitting here saying fuck gays. Oh, man, there was a lot of skeletons in that closet. Is that why you were saying, Um, you know, I don't know, man. Because you were questioning things and you were just mad? Maybe. It's hard to say. I thought I might have been gay in eighth grade. I kind of had a crush on my friend. Uh, I don't think I've ever said that on this podcast. That's that's Mm. just how little I care anymore about any of this shit. Like, I I really don't care if people want to, you know, judge me for that. I don't, don't, yeah, I kind of had a crush on my, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Well, he's, you know, what's funny is he's gay now. He like he's oh. legit gay. At the time, he was not like at all any indication okay. of that. And now I'm, you know, not gay, but uh, he is, and it was kind of the opposite, I guess. Back so anyway, so that I made that post, and Lisa commented, and she goes, "I'm sorry, I because I was saying it always feels like she's yelling at me." She goes, "I'm sorry, I kind of was. I'm sick of people complaining about life like they're the only ones who go through bad times." Amen, sister. It was at first good, then I started getting irritated. I mean, I don't care if people complain about stuff, but geez, don't make it where you act like you're the only one. Uh, Anywho, well, I am going to be in the same building next year, and if someone makes fun of you and I know them, I'll yell at them. And shut up, buttlick. Tons of people come to me for their problems, and I always help them, and it makes them feel better. So it's you, he, he, JK, anywho, but I still will yell at anyone who is mean to you, he, he. I wonder if she became a therapist. I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, no. She works for her sister now and is doing some kind of account, oh, accounting okay. thing, which is unfortunate because, you know. Oh, man. I was really feeling really prolific t- uh, tonight, I guess, on on that night because I made another post that same night, Saturday, 17th of July. Wow. Um, ah, tis Saturday at 7.45 p.m. I just got back from that huge store, Sam's. I am like blank of any feelings now. I'm just glad to be home. I'm not bored. I'm not amused. Hmm. I think I'm going to go practice some more for band practice next Friday or whenever it is. I cut the grass today and I mowed through a big puddle and like water shot out everywhere. My dad made me mow through it. Yeah, our yard looks like shit now. I hope I get so, uh, I hope I get someone tomorrow because I have a feeling it's going to be a boring day. Dude, we only get... Three freaking weeks of vacation left. That's scary. I'd rather be bored out of my freaking mind than at, be at school. I hate those kids who actually like school. Nerds. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Projecting a bit much <laughs> with the nerds comment? Maybe. Um, all right, I'll do one more. 
But really, like the whole like, uh, what do you mean by "I hope I get somebody tomorrow"? Like, um, were you like, "I hope I get I hope some I tomorrow"? Get someone tomorrow. Our yard looks like shit now. I hope I get someone tomorrow because I have a feeling it's going to be a boring day. I have no idea what I meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I hope. Oh, I get you know what? I bet tomorrow. I bet I left out. I hope I get to hang out with someone oh, okay that's that's probably what i meant to type and i just left out a whole like three or four words that would have like you know made everything yeah yeah uh but that is kind of lame about the puddle thing like you shouldn't have to mow through that if there's a fucking massive puddle. Yeah, i don't know why i don't know why my dad's making me mow through t uh big puddles uh <laughs> um trying to teach you a lesson wake you up I don't know. <laughs> oh, I skipped a whole... I did write it correctly. I just skipped a whole line. I said, I hope I get to stay in this band. Lisa, I think you're the only one who reads these. I guess that makes me a loser. La, la, la. I'm getting bored already. I hope I can do something with my freaking uh, mind than be at school. I hate... Okay, so I just... I'm just... I'm currently stupid. Yeah. So I was reading that wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but still, I mean, it's like... Oh, I, I'm not bored. But that I am bored. Yes. <laughs> I mean, why is that so hard to understand, Mike? Well, I don't know. I mean, like you're writing and then... Like, I mean, isn't it totally normal like... to be bored and then not bored at the same exact time? I mean, come on. I mean, that's, that's a, uh, you know, that's such a relatable feeling. I guess so. Uh, all right, last one here, I guess. is this Normally it takes me a little bit longer to not be bored anymore. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> hey... Stop punching down on uh, on fifteen year old Josh. That's it's too easy of a target. Uh, this, is, this is a short one. Um, Monday, July nineteenth, two thousand four. It's Monday, and I have band practice tomorrow. Yes, I direly need to practice though because I want to impress the other guys. I bought two CDs today: Pink Floyd, Adam Hart, Mother, and the oh. and the Prodigy, Fat of the Land. I still have both of those albums, by the way. Uh, Fat of the Land is a really good album. Adam Hart, Mother, I don't care for. They both will rock, I assume. I haven't listened to them yet, but now I must go and wash dishes. Goodbye. Okay, that one was really short. Um, I'm surprised you weren't like, oh, now I gotta go wash the stupid dishes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? All right, give me a fatty in here. Okay. Um, Jesus, I wrote in this thing all the time. Is this one any good? Uh... Monday, July 19th, again. It's me again. Okay, like, this sucks because I have practice tomorrow, and, like, I do not know a lot of parts, and if I keep messing up, uh, the guitar player will kick me out, and that would suck. I mean, I'm probably overreacting, but I do not want to lose this. This is the only good thing in my life right now, so I'm practicing a lot. I'm so tired today, and I'm alone again. Haha, ha, you should have guessed that already. That, point, that Pink Floyd CD I got sucks. I thought it would be sweet. Okay, I'm out. I'm bored again, Josh. <laughs> another hair flip yeah, you, you see that you see now why i liked beavis and butthead so much like they <laughs> yeah. talked exactly like i did okay did you learn how to do that impression you know when you were you were a teenager i think, I too? think so i think i might have fucked about with it um all right this is last one this last one and i'm done with this uh i feel like i haven't given you some good ones so hope this one looks a little longer so hopefully it'll be good thursday july 22nd 2004 Zanga, tis I, Josh Cannon here, with another wonderful update in my life. Okay, I'm definitely in the band. I know all my crap, and I don't think he's going to get rid of me. And we are playing a concert August 7th! 
That's the Saturday before school starts. Ah! School sucks so bad. It sucks so bad. Okay, but anyway, um, yeah, so I'm going to be the most nervous I have ever been in my life, and they are going to want me to jump around and act crazy. Yeah, right? Hear me, Josh, the quiet, fat kid that everyone used to pick on right in front of everyone. My friend spent two days over at my house, and he is like the biggest Christian in the world, and he criticized my whole lifestyle, which really pissed me off because I'm just as much of a Christian as he is, but he thinks he's better than me. He called corn hate music, and he said music's one and only purpose was to praise God. Ugh, God, I remember Josh used to say shit. I remember he used to say shit like that, and it would always really get on my nerves. And I never... Still gets on your nerves. Oh, yeah, I never knew how to articulate that to him because I was drinking the same Kool-Aid, so I couldn't be like, uh, dude, I don't believe in that, so, you know, your whole argument that music's only purpose is praise God uh, literally carries no water with me. And Corn kicks the shit out of whatever praise worship band. No, he was listening to a lot of that Christian hardcore, like Comeback Kid, and uh, all uh, that, like, rah, 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 like, like way, way, like heavier than Corn. I would say, like, I don't know. But um, anyway, um, I didn't even know that that genre yo, of Christian music existed. Oh yes, I might do a video on it actually because I had to grow up with it so much with my friends. Because it seems like that's just such a massive. Uh, um it, i'm trying to think of the right word oxymoron um yeah oxymoron yeah i know death metal oh but if you type, if you read the you know. lyrics though they're like i love you jesus so much i would die for you <laughs> but they're like screaming it that's what he used to listen to and with hard like pretty much um did they do a cover of jesus loves me yes i know for the bible fucking no they couldn't say fuck though um fucking anyhow um he said music's one and only purpose was to praise god and i think that music can be anything you want it to be not just one thing he's an idiot sometimes and it really pisses me off it makes me not want to talk to him sometimes i'm getting a bass soon I like this girl, and she likes some other kid a lot, quote-unquote. Do you? Uh, and then I guess I posted a transcript of our our uh, a- AOL chat. Oh, and it wow. Said, and I said, uh, do you like him, question mark, question mark, question mark? And she goes, yes, a lot. And then I go, wow. And then I type, stab that knife a little deeper, will you? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that sucks. Well, I am randomly rambling. Just wanted to tell this stupid Zanga thing how my last few days went. Our concert is August 7th at Murray Hill Theater. Our band is It Is Finished. Come see us by it. I spelled come C-U-M, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> don't know why that that was a whatever. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a typo. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the... Uh, so, the uh, do you remember that concert? Oh, yes. I ha- Not only do I remember, I have it on VHS tape. Someone uh, taped it. Wow. Yeah, I have that concert where I am fat and awkward in the shadows playing my first show. Yep. Um, I can maybe upload it to YouTube if someone uh, want if anyone wants to see it. Was was that a was that a good memory for you or Oh yeah, or it was fan- it, it, a, a not so good. Yeah, memory. no, it really was. Music was always this very purely joyous thing for me. Like even my angsty little bitch mode teenage self uh couldn't stand in the way of music's positive vibes. Um from my very first I feel yeah, my very first show, uh, August seventh, up until my last show that I played with Dancing with Ghosts, uh, music has all 
playing live and and yeah. performing music has always just been such I, a pure, I, just uh, mm-hmm. great experience for me. And um, yeah, that I remember that concert, and um, I just I loved it. I, I didn't move. That's I awesome. stayed in the shadows. I, I had the worst stage presence known to man, but uh, I knew I I knew I loved it and wanted to continue to do it. So. Well, I mean, uh, I feel you on, you know, music and how it makes you feel. I mean, I, choir is different than, you know, what what you what you were doing and what you uh, do with your guitar work and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, that it's that was one of the few things I was really good at, even when I was struggling, you know, uh, in, in school. So, you know, it, it's it, it definitely does have a, a, a place in my heart, too. I mean. It, it in in a lot of ways I do miss it, and I, I I considered maybe auditioning for whatever the local you know choir troupe, but like I can't do that right now. <laughs> They're not doing any of that shit right, right now. You know, yeah. it might be a long time until they do anything like that. So, it you know, but uh, it, it is something that I do remember. You know, making making a lot of my days like know, like i, I was, said I, was, I don't you know. give my old self credit for fucking much especially having to reread these these uh journals and hearing my ignorant ass comments you know about the fuck gays and all that shit now you know i don't give my old self much credit but the only thing i am proud of is uh the fact that um i i i clung to music and i i clutched it with dear life uh for dear life i held on to it and hoped that it would like save me from all that bullshit I had going on in my mind. And for a large part it did. So, you know, that's the one thing I'm proud of myself for doing is, um, you know, sticking with music cause it's, it's still such a joy, you know, in my life. So anyway, that's the podcast going on whole two fucking hours here. Um, if you want more of me and Mike, uh, consider subscribing to our Patreon. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries uh for three dollars you'll get the podcast early for five dollars you'll get the podcast early and you can recommend episodes for us to cover on the podcast i am now david miscavige if you would like to join the facebook group now you can do that by um going to facebook go to the group section type in uncovering unexplained mysteries and if you finally if you would like Finally, if you would like more of me and Mike separately but entertainingly equally, you can go to our YouTube channel. Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. Mike Brown is a level four clear. He has been in Scientology for 10 years and he has brought the Los Angeles Ideal Org up to LRH standards. Here's to Mike Brown. Now, uh, if you want to, um, <laughs> I fucking love how that dude talks. He's so over- yeah, you really do. So over- you do a great he's job. Over too. the top is a motherfucker. Um, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, it's YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. Are you gonna ask like what I do? Oh, on, sorry, on, I got I, I got so caught or... up in David Miscavige, uh, I I uh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, think. Um. Yeah. What, what? What the fuck do you do on your YouTube channel, Mike? I, I do a mix of a lot of things, uh, mostly uh, movie reviews, though. And I've been posting a ton of reviews lately of uh, Fright Night films. So I've reviewed all of the Fright Night films uh, to date, except for the documentary, which I'm going to review uh, coming up 
uh, pretty soon. But I've reviewed the original, the 1985 film, I've reviewed the remake, I've reviewed the sequel uh, from 1988, and I've also reviewed the direct-to-video uh, remake, which calls itself a sequel, but it isn't actually a sequel. Those are always confusing. Like, it's Fright Night 2, but it's not really a sequel, it's actually just another remake. Just them cashing in on the name. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's what I've been uh, doing on my channel as of late. So uh, yeah. right on. Uh, and to cut it to Josh, who has a YouTube channel named uh, Dancing with Ghosts. Dan- YouTube.com Not- slash Dancing with Ghosts. Um, yes. My last video that I just released was actually our new song, the lyric video for our new song called Locked In, and I kind of explained what the song was about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but I also do like kind of music history stuff, uh, like little music documentaries. I talk about video games sometimes, like uh, the Kiss video game on the Dream. Was that the last video you did before the the song that you uploaded? No, the, was the, Kiss the last video I did before the song was cringing with Christian music. What if, car- oh, that, yeah, what if cartoons that could get saved? That was that was hilarious. Although that song got stuck in my head a little bit like that day, and I was hating myself. Yeah. yeah. So there was a song when I was young, uh, when I was growing up. Oh my god! Uh, by Chris Rice, and it was called Cartoons. It was a live cut on one of his studio <laughs> albums, and only the live version exists. There was never a studio version of this song. And basically, the guy. It sounds like a Hanson B side. It's like this happy major chord acoustic guitar strumming with these happy ass vocals. And he's like, you know, the whole thing is like the concept is what if cartoons could get saved? So they'd have like, you know, um, Fred and Wilma Flintstone, yabba dabba luya. And they would oh my God. like Scooby Doo and Shaggy, Scooby Dooby Doo ya or whatever. Like they would. Or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, oh, Jesus. It's so oh fucking cringy. I, I'm feeling sick. And they think that they're above, you know, other things, too. They're like Beavis and Butthead. Uh, nah. Yeah, there's a part in the song where they go, Beavis and that other guy. Nah. Like, fuck them. They're too, they're, they're too deep into the world to be saved. They don't deserve Christ's love because they, uh, you know, curse and watch MTV. Like, it's such a... Yeah, so that, that was the video I did before the <laughs> other one. You can hear me. You can see me cringe and drink alcohol in real time. And nearly get alcohol. So how prisoner. how smashed were you after that? Yeah, I, I was feeling no pain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my YouTube channel. I've talked enough for this uh, episode. Uh, I hope this was a good one. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you learned nothing, and I hope you are are not any better having listened to it. So yeah, I, I hope I hope you guys did and gals did learn you know a little bit. And I and I hope we well, actually, you know, despite despite our uh, uh, you know, our our flubs and our uh, just total awkwardness, I hope we at least made your day a little bit better. Actually, someone someone commented on our group recently about the Josh Flower thing that she found uh, her 19 year old son. Uh, she found some of his journal entries from a few years ago, and she said it could have been mine. You know, with how with all the how negative he was and how like down he was. And uh-huh. the fact that, you know, when I say I don't recognize that person anymore, talking about myself and my old journal entries, you know, and how I feel I've grown so much since then, she said it kind of gave her hope that maybe the same will happen with her son. So, you know, 
like that shit's great you know if that's helping anyone that's um that's fucking awesome yeah you know? that is really good oh, good but anyway um yeah until next time uh everybody have a good rest of your night bye see ya all right guys so earlier in the podcast i was talking about my band's uh dancing with ghosts new song called locked in i will now play you the song on uh this episode because that's just how nice of a guy i am if you like the song consider uh checking us out on spotify we're also on youtube uh instagram uh facebook if that means anything um soundcloud apple music we're everywhere so just you know go give us a follow do me a solid help me out uh, you might actually like it. Everywhere is Dancing with Ghosts. We are Dancing with Ghosts everywhere. I'm sure it'll pop up. Anyway, here's the new track, Locked In. You should know me by now, so why are you drowning? How many milligrams until you're locked in? You should be smiling, so why are you struggling? No, I'm just fucking around. I know you're dying. You should be locked in. You should be locked in. You should know me by now, but you're not breathing. You should just let it go. Just stop thinking. You know you think too much. 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 Why do you act this way? You make me feel ashamed. What is your deal today? Why? Don't you feel okay? Just shut your mouth and close your eyes. This plain white pill can hypnotize. The key that frees you from your skin. The cage that keeps you locked in. Now sit up straight and suck your so don't you act shy, cause I'm your demon, and I'm not leaving I've been the only thing that you can believe in And I will haunt these verses till it sinks in When you don't pay your debt, I will get even Cause you're not thinking, no you're not thinking All your weaknesses keep me locked in
Things. I wanna know.